on the top. Okay. Drop that. Yeah. From Alpha to Omega, VHS to Beta, PlayStation to Sega, my skill is still greater. The sickest thing since VD, wicked like VG, live my life crooked like the left finger on ET. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Sends and Suffers Podcast. I am your host, Mario Stanley. All right, before we get started today, I want to let you guys know that we now have episode stickers. How cool is this? Each episode is going to have a custom sticker, my crazy face with my guest's crazy face on there. And you guys have the opportunity to purchase this. MarioStanley.com, just go to my website, go to the shop, and you can purchase a sticker. Each sticker is $3.75. That includes everything you'll need, postage, whatever. And I'll get them to you right away. Every sticker that you buy supports this podcast and the artist that made it. So I'm very excited to share this with you guys. So if you haven't already, go online, go to the spot, and cop yourselves a couple stickers because it's going to be baller, especially with the upcoming guests. And for those of you who love previous episodes, I am having all the previous guests made into stickers. Each sticker is a limited edition, so we're only going to have maybe close to 30 to 50 stickers to sell because they're one of a kind, just like you are. I want to introduce Lindsay Ham. All around, absolute badass, woman climbing guide, Texan, traveled all over the United States and rock climb. I'm going to let you guys dive into the story. This is just two guides talking together, talking shop, learning a little bit more about each other, and understanding that we all have a lot in common in this small little world that we live in. Enjoy. Lindsay, you know, I didn't realize how well known you are with every woman within the climbing community. So you have like saturated yourself. I talked to a few people, told them, I was like, oh, I'm going to be doing interviewing the Haminator. And like four girls were like, I want to climb with her. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's rad. But for those people who do not know who you are, um, you know, tell us who you are, where you come from and what you do. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. This is rad. Um, I'm Lindsay Ham. I'm originally from Houston, Texas, and uh, guys, I'm a mountain guide, a girl from Texas, got all the way to uh, Bishop, California, and now I'm a, I'm trying to work on my IFMGA, which is a certification for mountain guiding in the rock, alpine, and ski discipline. So I started climbing when I was in Texas. Went to um, Austin, I guess. People know Reimer's Ranch and the Green Belt. So I learned how to climb at those places and then went on a climbing trip with a friend to Wyoming, Utah, Colorado, and New Mexico. And then I was like hooked. I was like, all right, I like this. So I moved from Austin after I graduated from college from Texas State University to Denver for a job. So when I get to Denver, I end up going to Indian Creek to meet some of my friends who actually moved from Austin to Durango. So I was like, sweet, I'll go to Indian Creek. I don't know. I'm fresh off the boat from Texas. Like, I don't know any better. So I go and just was like in awe with crack climbing and I actually met my future ex-boyfriend there. <laughs> so um, <laughs> he, uh, 
we started dating and I moved from Denver to Durango and I actually have family in Durango. My grandmother's there, my uncle, my aunt, my cousin. So it felt very home. And he taught me like all about summit, trad climbing, alpine climbing, skiing, ski mountaineering, ice climbing. So I just kind of like dipped my toes in as fast as I could as a 24 year old, just like wanting to learn everything. So I probably did everything wrong, made every mistake that you probably could make, but I always like wanted to be the on lead. So definitely yeah. got on the sharp end a little too quick, but it really just helped me in my own way to, um, you know, get over fear and try hard. And um, as a young woman, I was always in competitive sport and always played basketball, but I wouldn't play girls basketball. I would only play boys basketball. So they, my, my brother played basketball on the competitive team. And I was like, well, I'm playing. And I was the only girl. And then they started letting girls play co-ed with this boys team. And so I guess I just have that little fire in me forever. So when I moved to Colorado um, and specifically Durango, that's where I started doing my AMGA courses, American Mountain Guide courses. I got my single pitch instructor and now I'm working into my Alpine and my rock exams and my ski stuff here based in Bishop. But I really got a lot of experience in the Western slope of Colorado and in Moab. And then Gary and I had moved from Colorado to Seattle. And that's when I started working for the American um, Alpine Institute. And I just like, yeah, it kind of like took me to this one level to another level in my guiding when I worked for the AAI. And then I just, yeah, found my community here after um, he and I broke up after like five or six years. He and I uh, went separate ways and I was, I'm moving to Bishop. And then because uh, I took my Alpine guide course here and I loved Howie Schwartz. Love Jeff Unger, love Neil Satterfield, and they were like, anytime you want to work for us. And then, like a lot of my friends, I was kind of lost traveling. And my friend Katie, she was like, "Move to Bishop." I was like, "I'm gonna move to Bishop," and that's why I moved to Bishop. And now here I am, just hanging out, um, loving the Sierra. So, just pretty much a quick overview. <laughs> All right, that's awesome. All right, I was actually very curious of like, you know, because you've been guiding for the past seven years, and you basically climbed all over the country. And mm-hmm. I was, that explains why you decide to land in Bishop. I was actually very curious about that. So outside of Colorado, Indian Creek, uh, and currently California, um, are mm-hmm. you, have you traveled anywhere else that's kind of like, uh, I guess, been very memorable for you? Um, I mean, I could easily say like India and China, but I there's so many places in the States that are so memorable in my climbing career and just like as a young adult, you know, in my 20s trying to grow and like learn from or like unlearn things that I learned in Texas and like relearn about like just people and mm-hmm. just who I am. And I think like the Wind River Range set some things in me. Um, when I was there, I just, I think that with my relationship and then with who I was as a climber, it like kicked my butt. And that and the Black Canyon of Colorado have been very big memorable steps in just me and kind of kicking my butt for sure. Yeah, there, there's been times where I was like on a climb in the winds. I remember I shouldn't have been there. Why my do you friend say ben. that? Because <laughs> I was like new. I was just a little like dumby at things, but I was like, shit, I'll do it. You know, like I'm pretty big on my, you know, saying F it, let's go. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I like saw pictures of my tent. Okay, so I brought just a tarp. <laughs> And then I was sleeping underneath the tarp. Were you guys sleeping at the foothills? Well, we were sleeping, like, in the Wind River Range in the Circuit of Towers. Like, you should bring a tent. I just brought, like, a 
measly little like tarp. Oh, that's awesome. And like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, yeah, Lynn, know how to suffer. And it's like raining and lightning and I'm like not comfortable at all. Like, and I wouldn't admit it, right? So I'm like with this friend, we're climbing on weather or not and it's on the war bonnet and it's this pretty heady, like 510. I remember and it's just like a lightning storm and I'm freaked out. Like I'm crying. I am, I'm like texting my ex texting my mom like I'm gonna die <laughs> you know because you can hear everything like buzzing and they're like what and I'm like I'm dying <laughs> but I mean it's so funny with the winds because the storms stay and then they like leave you know after like 20 minutes because I was on Pingora at the same time and there was a big storm and then I just waited it out on lead and then it left it's just like these like this weird moment in my life that I totally felt fear so like like kept strong on some of the leads and then on whether or not I just definitely just broke down and I'm like yeah I was freaking terrified you know like having buzzing and it's like pouring down raining i had never experienced something like that and it set something in me that's like re I just feel like I handled the situation with Ben so wrong when I look back I just feel so bad that I was just, that he had me as his partner because I was just like out of control, just like being hysterical. And now when that stuff happens, I just like stay calm. I think everybody needs to like go through a little bit of a <laughs> that. So then you can hopefully mature from it. Yeah, shit's going to go down and you just you can't be out of control. You got to like stay freaking calm, you know. And so I just like had a lot of like learning points in my climbing career there. And then the second time I went to the winds, I brought my dog, Charlie, who passed away last year. Um, with me and she like carried her own food and climbed like all the things with us or not climb but like you know hiked all the way through and she just did such a good job and like I climbed a bunch of routes and I just felt like at home there and I got like redemption and I just want to go back and I'm trying to go back in August yeah I think that just has something there that's always like pulled me back that's a that is that's actually very very validating for me because I have been wanting to go there for years and every oh, yeah. time I look at pictures up there, I'm like, I feel like I just belong in this space. And if I'm afraid if I go, I'm just not going to want to come back out. Obviously, I'm going to have to. But uh, <laughs> it's always looked like this but freaking you, magical you place. Oh, I want to. I want to. I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping to. I'm running up to Denver in a little bit soon. And then uh, I'm going to try and see if I can coerce some of my friends up there for me to take another trip and just kind of like hop yeah. on a plane and then hop in with them and then just go. So that's like my what kind of time of month are you like what month are you guys thinking about going? Uh, if we're talking about how we're talking, then let's 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 talk about that after the show because I'm after, I, okay, cool. Because I'll give you some data, <laughs> but let's talk about that later. But I do, yeah, yeah, okay. I want to circle back to something that you said, and I think it's very funny because uh, I, I kind of can relate to you on this way, but but you said you got on the sharp end way too fast. Why would you say that now? Um, because like if I had just taken a moment to top rope certain things and like maybe trained and I guess I'm like more thinking about like ice climbing and some of the alpine stuff I did. Oh, that makes sense. Like yeah. I was soloing, I was like soloing stuff that like normal like people wouldn't solo, you know? And like being like, well, that was like, I just had no fear, I guess at the time. Yeah. I guess like my luck bucket was so filled up, you yeah. know, like versus experience. I had luck on my side for a long time there. But like with ice climbing, like I was like leading, <clears throat> my first lead was like WI2, WI3. And then I was like leading four plus, you know, like immediately after. Oh, I just want you to explain something real fast because 
this mm-hmm. is obviously I'm based in Dallas, Texas. So people in totally. Texas have no idea what WI yeah. or any of that means. Can you just give like a quick breakdown so people understand? Yeah. So water, it's called WI because it stands for water ice. So a, a waterfall or rock formation that has a bunch of flow and it might not get a lot of sun and it freezes and it it can get like really thick depending on like the snow year or the rain year and form a ice climb. So what you do is climb the ice with two picks and crampons that have um, points on the, on your toe and on your foot to where you can kick in and swing into the ice and climb it like you would. Yeah. And then how does the rating system work? Um, So this from WI2, I think now it goes with a WI7. You know, for me as like a young person who like my second, my first league was a WI2. So low angle, not that much. Like a lot of people can just walk up it and then go to like a four, four plus, like right away, like the next day, you know, like that was, that's a pretty big jump. Like you, what you want to do with ice climbing is get mature, refine your movement so well. So a lot of people will tell you to do like a hundred to 200 laps on top rope. Um, before you start leading and I was just like (laughs) so I just did it (laughs) that's awesome well I mean that also proves the point that you are from Texas and no one's going to tell you what to do you're just going to get on it and go yeah I'm a sassy little thing who has red hair now so what no one's going to stop me that's awesome that's awesome actually you know it's funny I I actually kind of think that's actually a characteristic of most people I think who end up becoming guides like you're just someone who naturally kind of is wants to be on the sharp end and the fact of the matter that you've been able to step back pull away and kind of reassess and be like okay I need these skills I need to do this I need to be self-sufficient self-reliant and then you're just kind of going back and forth back and forth but there's it sounds like to me you're never actually backing off the sharp end you still want to be there you're just acquiring the skills you need and I think as a most people as guides they kind of like you battle with that because that's just me like I know I always want to be on the sharp end I could be someone could be like Mario which I suck at finger cracks I'm just gonna go ahead and say this right now I cannot (laughs) ring lock to save my freaking life but but someone was like hey like you're gonna do this five nine or five ten ring lock crack I'm like I don't know how to do it I'm like yeah it's gonna be great okay sure why not let's just do it you know and yeah that's definitely my attitude I've always been that way so so, yeah, I mean, that's good. Yeah, I think it's just, like, uh, something that, like, wait, if you're going to let your ego, like, take over and be like, well, I don't need to, like, step back. It's like, um, come on now. Like, I got to step back a lot. Like, there's like, so many times, like, when I was in Ure, ice guiding, there was one season that I just, like, wasn't mentally there for it. Maybe I was because I was going through a breakup or just, like, things in life and, you know, all that stuff. I was just like, I suck at climbing right now. I'm scared. I'm like terrified. So, and I also had a couple of almost falls. So I was like, oh. all right, like we're not doing this. Because in ice climbing, three rules are no fall, no fall, no hit the, no hit the ground. So like, Fair enough. I was just like, I'm like, what the crap is this? Like I am freaking not in it this year. So I just like top rope guided essentially. Like I took some people out. Like I, yeah, I did some backcountry ice. I just like spent a lot of time top roping like for myself, like, and relearned how to climb. Now when I like guide in Levining here in California, when I have to get on the main wall and I haven't led ice in a year, like I don't feel uncomfortable doing it. Like I'm like, well, my movement's always there, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I just took a season to like relearn. And I didn't, I was like, I, yeah, I had to do this for myself. <clears throat> it was awesome. It's like me with rock climbing right now. I just did a four week climbing training cycle through Tim Rose and I like learned how to climb. Like I lost 12 pounds 
I freaking, um, my fingers are so strong. Yesterday when I was climbing, um, or I was guiding the North Arec, the 5-8, like, uh, Alpine route in, at Fair Creek Fire, it's pretty big. I just was like, I am just cruising this. And it just felt so effortless, you know? And before it, like, I remember getting into my approach shoes when I guided it. I was like, oh my God. And I, yeah, but I remember my fingers being like not as strong and like my body not as strong. So I just like kind of relearned how to like to be stronger as a guide mentally and physically. Cause I feel like before I didn't really train as a guide, like I didn't go and train. I mean, I did at a local gym, but I wasn't guiding as much. And now I'm like, wow, like I love training because my guiding is so much better. Yeah. You know, like I took a step back, pretty much like redo me and mm-hmm. rebuild my tendons, rebuild my muscles. I stopped drinking. Like I, I did all these things. To, and I'm just like, I was just cruising yesterday. So that's how I've been feeling with all of my like disciplines in the last, since January and or actually probably December and just being like in it, you know, and mentally in it and being okay to like, you know, really trust myself because I'm strong and I put the effort in to be able to climb these things so efficiently. And that's taken me so long to like realize, maybe I'm just a slow learner, but I was like, man, this is great. I took a step back. I freaking trained. I'm mentally in it. I'm physically in it. I'm just stoked. So when you're like, oh, I don't have time. Like, of course you have time to train, like do it for yourself as a guide. Or as like a recreational climber, not, you know, whatever you're doing, because it so helps. It so helps. Because I know we all want to go climbing outside, but taking a moment to step back and like re-up everything, like it, it's so worth it. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Uh, so I do a lot of coaching and training and I write training plans here in Dallas. And one of the things I've, uh, my clients are always find funny about my survey that I have them fill out is, they're like, why do you ask so many questions about what my day job is, what you do? And I'm like, because my first job, what I want to do is if I can write a small portion of your workout to tackle to make you physically more healthy to do your daily grind, when you come mm-hmm. to do climbing, which is your recreational activity, you won't be as fatigued from the day to day. And you can actually play a little bit more because I think I tell people, I'm like, you'd be so surprised. Like if you're not that fatigued from work, from your daily grind, when you come into climbing, you all of a sudden feel like I can climb way better. I'm moving way better. I'm climbing stronger grades. And it's just because you're not aware of how much you can actually really just be worn down. And I'm very excited for you. Consistent training really does open the door to a lot of avenues and it makes your job more, way more fun, especially for guiding. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, good. I'm glad that you do that for people because I think that like what miss, what people miss are like structure. And yes. like, I'm a person who has to have structure in my life. Like this is the first time in a long time I have structure in my life. Like I live kind of in a house. Like I live in someone's camper outside of their house. So I'm kind of, you know, that's domesticated now. I'm not like living out of my camper. that still lives on my truck, but I'm in somebody else's camper, but I oh. need a structure this is year. Your, is their camper so, bigger than your camper? It is bigger. It's oh, like, so you moved up like the east side. Oh. I moved up. Hey, I'm nice. so sorry. <laughs> oh. So I, I think that with climbing now, it helps people who maybe they have a little like chaos in their life. Mm-hmm. Like I love the training stuff that you do and others do for people because it just kind of gives you like accountability. Yeah. Like you are accountable for being here. You're accountable for showing up. You're accountable for what gains that you get and maybe like, you're not seeing a rule or did you show up for yourself and so like I appreciate you trainers because you like really put that self-aware into people at times you know and like that like hey like you need to show up to be able to get to this 
point. And if you don't, then, you know, you can say it wherever you want. But I just, I like applaud you guys so much. So I just wanted to give you a compliment. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. You're going to make me blush. And <laughs> black people don't blush. So. <laughs> um, okay. So I was reading over your Instagram and then something that caught my eye was the Grit and Rock Grant Award that you received mm-hmm. for women setting up first ascents. And mm-hmm. that seems freaking cool. And so I'd like to hear a little bit more about that. And Dallas, uh, I will personally say I've seen more women climbing in the gym than ever. And I'm super excited about it. I've seen more people, uh, the people of color climbing in the gym than ever. And I'm yeah. like really excited about the diversification of the climbing community that's happening. But I think people knowing that there are avenues for them to do big, epic, you know, bold dreams in the grit and rock grant sounds like that. So can you tell me a little bit about it? And then what'd you do with yeah. it? So, um, first off, whoever has a dream and you want to go for it, please don't let anybody tell you you can't do it Amen. because you can do it. I've had people tell me so many times, like, you can't do it, F off. Like, you put the time, you put the energy, you you want this, go freaking get it. Like, I want everyone to know, every freaking human to know that, like, you have an opportunity. I like, don't think because you're not, like, a 514 climber, you can't go and do shit. Hell yeah, you can go for things like there's so many amazing um, scholarships out there. Please go apply. So the grit in rock, I actually, so you would have loved my year. I had like a epic year like set up for myself, but then COVID-19 happened. So I uh, was going to Alaska for two months and then coming back here and guiding and then going to India, which the grit in rock was supposed to be applied to. So my friend Nicole and I, I had gone out to India to Zanspar and put up a climb out there like two years ago. And I wanted to go put up a different line. And so because I found this like other weakness. So I applied for this other grant because I had gotten one in last year, which I've kind of had like a bad luck streak with it. Last year, we had some political climate stuff in uh, India that uh, did not allow us to go to Zanspar last year. Like it, there was a war going on. It was just not okay to go. So all the permits for climbing got revoked. So I was supposed to go this, like in August, like soon, like in three weeks or two weeks. And so my AAC, um, my American Alpine Club grant and the Grit and Rock were going to just be able to apply to that trip because it's pretty expensive. So um, with that, um, we were going to go to Zanskar and put up this line that I had seen and I was like dreaming about like for freaking ever. And so obviously it's not happening because we can't go over there. So that, that scholarship is on hold right now for us. And I might be going to the winds and I might apply it to the winds. So that's put up a route with Josie McKee. Oh, so nice. that's in the works right now. So hopefully cross my fingers that that will happen. And then, um, so yeah, it's just a, a, a female grant and, um, I just took a lot of time to think about what else I wanted to do within the climbing, um, or like be part of the community there. I don't know if anybody knows, I freaking think kids are awesome and they're hilarious. I don't want any kids of my own to be very frank, but I think that kids are rad. Like yeah. they, I teach them all the time. They're like they grasp onto concepts so fast and I've been teaching kids like skiing and rock climbing for years. And I just like, they're, I'm like the cool aunt, like the crazy aunt that's like going to teach you these cool things and like these life lessons, hopefully that you will use later on. 
with, with that said, every time I go to a country, I make sure that I am um, not only climbing, but I want to be in tune with the community because they're allowing us to be there. And what a privilege that I have to even be there. And I don't want to be this like rock climber who's like, rah, rah, I'm going to climb all over your stuff. Like, I want to get to know you. And so if you go to China, there's this like little couple little girls that like freaking love me. Their families will let me like take them down the street and like walk with them, you know, and take them on a walk. And like, I get apples for, you know, like, thank you. And I'm like, you're welcome. They were awesome, you know? So for India, I had, uh, last time I was there, I brought a bunch of school supplies. So for this one guy, I was like, kept thinking, I was like, man, I don't want this grant just to be about climbing. I want to do something else. So I was teaming up with Osprey and then I had been a GoFundMe and I had asked the woman, his, the wife um, in Atchu Village, who was at the main house, like everybody goes to because they have a phone. I asked my liaison to ask her like, hey, what is, how, like what's the hardest thing to get for these kids? And she said, school supplies. I was like, next time I'm here, I'm, I'm bringing you school supplies. So I had like, got my 50 backpacks. Every kid was going to have school supplies in the backpack ready to go. Okay, so like I was psyched. It wasn't just about climbing for me. It was about community. It was about helping others and like using my privilege to help that community. And I didn't want anything like any recognition from it. I just wanted these kids to have what they needed, you know? And so that's what I put in the grit and rock too. Like I wanted something more because climbing is great, but man, if you get to know like the people around you, man, what an even better experience, you know? I'm like all about humans. I'm all about communication. I'm all about learning and unlearning and relearning. And like all these like, you know, prejudice that I've probably had as a young person because I'm from Texas and you get, you know, like you get kind of brainwashed with certain dive into being uncomfortable and understanding that like, man, I have an opportunity to get to know all these humans and then, and then possibly come back multiple times if the world allows me and like be connected to them. And then I would love to like build off of like, how can I, you know, like, could I stay here for a month prior and help you guys build? Can you teach me how you do all these things? Like I want to contribute, you know, and I just want to learn and I want you to learn from me. So it's just like amazing opportunity to, yeah, to like do something fully different from what my normal climbing trip would be. Like I don't, I'm not a self, like a selfish human. So for me, it was, opportunity to kind of get out of my comfort zone again you know and be with people I I don't know their language but like really use body language to like understand it was so cool you know and I started picking up certain things and like wow like this is like I am so grateful and all the time you know all these experiences maybe they'll never have them again but I was I got to experience it at that time so I guess like I'm all about creating a safe space for everybody and I think when I do that, like, I, you know, I feel like people know that I have a good aura and I'm always going to be there for you. Yeah, I'm an assertive human, but um, I'm like 100% always there to help you. And I think that that's just like in my blood to help and be um, in tuned. And that's what I was doing out there. And that's what I put my grit and rock grit, you know, and I just wanted to be, um, I just didn't want to just be a climber in the end. So that's. That's what I did with the Grit Rock, but we haven't used it yet. It's kind okay. of a bummer, but it's okay. Like, um, one day it will happen, and I got to talk to Nisha about it, and she's just um, amazing. And, um, yeah, so the opportunity was there, but, again, it got kind of taken away. But 
just because world, you know, the world is not allowing me to go there right now, doesn't mean I won't be there again, you know, and I will have that packs and school supplies for those kids. So oh, awesome. I'm excited to hear about that. Uh, so yeah. Uh, well, quick question, just because, you know, I was straight up Insta stalking you. It seems like, oh, cool. you know, you have to. I feel like everyone, anyone who doesn't admit that they Insta stalk people is a liar. So oh, let's just God. go ahead and say that. All right the time. Um, but uh, I, it looks like you've actually been back on the road a little bit. I mean, a couple weeks ago, what, three, four weeks ago, you were in the valley climbing. And then I did see, uh, give a, one of your clients a little shout out. I think her name was Caitlin. You took her up. You just talked mm-hmm. about that. Uh, oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it just, you just, I was curious, like, you kind of answered my question earlier by, like, you living in a bigger trailer, but I was wondering if you were back to full dirtbagging again or mm-hmm. kind of like semi partial dirtbagging because your base of operation is in Bishop. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm here. I'm trying to make my life in Bishop. So everything that I want to guide, like ski, alpine, rock, is all here. So I'm going to try to stay here. I like the traveling and guiding, which just kind of wears on you and you don't like develop relationships as, well as you would in one mm-hmm. place and I love everybody here and I do want to date um a guy at some point so it's just if I keep moving around it just it just won't happen so I am and I love I don't like to leave people when I'm like building that connection yeah, so yeah. I'm staying here um I wasn't in the valley that was probably like an old picture uh, from last fall um because I was with Josie, and Josie and I <laughs> climbed the crucifix, which freaking destroyed me. And we simul-climbed up to, like, the first pitch, which you have to simul-climb this 5'8". And I pitch off on the 5'8", all climbing, simul-climbing with her. And I just started laughing. And I was like, what, please? And just, like, pulled up. And she's like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, just a little foot slip. And then got us to the first pitch of the crucifix. And it was so funny, because she was like, what the heck? And I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. She's like, it's I all good. And, <laughs> I and um, I just start cracking up when things happen because I'm like, I mean, no, I had just put a piece in. I know how to keep myself safe when I'm simul climbing. And like, you know, I it was just like a complacent moment. And so, um, yeah, so I just want to revisit that climb here because I got my butt smacked on it. And um, I think I am a lot stronger now. So I, that was a shout out to Josie to like climb with me in the fall. So to get redemption, um, I have been traveling, but mostly in the Sierra, um, just to get to know the, the area more. And, um, so my, my travels have kind of been on pause cause I'm not trying to like travel too much with the COVID thing. I've been pretty like strict about it. Like, I don't like, I'm, I like the Sierra. Like, why do I need to leave right now? You know? So I have my little bubble of people and then Caitlin, God, what an amazing human. Seriously, dude. Like, she is crazy awesome. A mom, two sons. She's, like, a top um, corporate lady who is in baking and is, like, has, like, a top um, tier job and position and is, like, the only woman in her position out of, like, tons of men. Hell, yeah. Specifically white men. And she's Japanese-Hawaiian. So she has, like, she's just crazy awesome. Like, her strength and tenacity and just perseverance through life, you know, and like really um, having the opportunity to, to be influenced or like and be inspiring and influence other women in, in a corporate job to be tough and on her game all the time when it comes to being in a position that's like more of a man position or male yeah. position, she's at it and crushes it and is now, has two boys 
and now she gets to like really show them woman empowerment, you know, and it's just, she, okay, she's just amazing. So I guided her ice climbing a couple years ago in Uray, Colorado. She was one of my favorites. So she was like, we've been like freaking playing phone tag about me and her getting out together for about a year. Cause like our schedules get like messed up and you know, she might not have to, she might not be able to because of work or family. So we finally set up a five day here in the, here in Bishop. So we did, we did Cardinal Pinnacle. She would be a better partner for Alpine and just on bigger days. That makes sense. And so, yeah, and it was great. So I basically just, every time I was doing something, I explain it like, Hey, this is my mental, um, like what, what I'm going through in my head about this system and why I'm doing it in this terrain, you know, like when I can come off the rope, when I'm going to just, you know, step up and bring you up or, you know, when I'm going to pitch things out in the Alpine, when it's appropriate to be on the rope and like when it's detrimental to you to be on the rope as well, you know, because like yeah. sometimes you just like worse to be on the rope. So just like kind of giving her those aspects and like teaching her how to bail because people are like, well, I can climb it. It's like, well, do you know how to freaking bail? Like, do you know how to get off of this? You're not at the, at the notch that you need to get to. Do you know how to get off of this? Yeah. You know, so like I was like kind of like treat, like training her in that way of just getting into that mind uh, mindset of like the art of bailing and art, art of like knowing when to continue and when to set a time to leap, yeah, you know, like yeah. we didn't get there in time. So we did that the first day, then uh, Crystal Crag up in Mammoth, which was really, really great. I ran up that thing and I was like beating this one guy who was like pitching it out. And I was like, dude, we're bringing a 40 meter rope the entire way, the entire five days. Like we're, we're an alpine. Like we're not going to bring a 60 unless the route like actually falls for the descent as a 60 to get down. And uh, so we were just like short pitching it in some ways and still beating the guy with this, you know, long pitches. He couldn't hear his partner. And so I was just kind of teaching her. I was like, look, I could do these shorter pitches and go faster than that guy. You know what I mean? She learned about that and like um, just like using body blades. Then we did a couple days in the Pine Creek just to go rock climbing. And she led this rad route called the Becky route, the five nine. That's kind of hard. I like, it's very tall for me. So I was like, oh God, (laughs) I got to reach really hard. And she just cruised it. And I found some projects for her. She's going to go back and send with her friends. And then we did Bear Creek Fire, which is a very long 5-8 alpine route um, in, in Rock Creek, just north of Bishop. And we hike in. We climbed it yesterday and then hiked out. And she ended up getting a little bit of altitude sickness. And we were like maybe 50 feet from the summit. And it was like, I just need to go down. So we left and we bailed off of a side where it wasn't the normal like way down. But I have some tricks that I can not have to leave gear and get down. So I lowered her down and she felt better as we went descended and she was kind of like, I don't think I'm ready for this. I'm like, dude, just first off, you're totally ready for this out, like bigger Alpine days. The only reason you didn't like tag that 50, you know, like 50 feet away from us on it is because of altitude. Like it's not about physical or mental or your like anything. It's because of like, you can't really control altitude when you feel bad and disoriented. Like you got to like fail and that's fine. And so I'm just kind of prepping her, but like just, trying to keep that stoke high and not understanding that she is totally physically and mentally capable to do big days. She just needs to get an altitude more, yeah. you know, and like yeah. prep herself for a week before, before going into the, into the, an, an out or into a higher um, uh, altitude than she's ever been. Cause she's like lives in the Bay or lives in uh, oh, LA. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so it's like, like you're, you're coming from sea level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's going to take a minute. And she's like, you just like aren't tired. I was like, well, hang on. Like, I am a guide 
I've got like, I can literally bonk and bounce back, you know, really fast. Yeah. And that's just because of, I've been doing it for a while. Oh, I said, I don't think people realize like when you're guiding. Um, and I know this is true for me. It's like my clients say the same thing. They're like, you never seem tired. you always seem like you're just going, going. Mm-hmm. I always equate, or if I'm training new guides or I'm hiring on people, I always say guides mm-hmm. are like waiters at a five-star restaurant. You don't, you don't get to see the magic back in the kitchen. All you do is like, you show up to the crag, you're like, Hey, I'm ready to go. We walk for a couple minutes. That's just like reading through the menu. You show up to the crag. There's your entree. There's your appetizer yeah. entree. And by the time you're like, these are great for dessert. You, what is it? You know, like I want dessert. You walk around the corner, your route's already set up on top rope. You're ready to go. Yeah. And a guide could be dogged out tired, but you will never know. Mm-hmm. And that's cause that's you'll your never job. know. Yeah, no, that's your job. Yeah, You'll never know. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, and then I told her, I was like, look, like I just have, and I also think that like some people just have this, like, I'm like their genetic makeup is like, literally I am a very, I will say this. I have been told many, many times that I'm very burly and I am, I can like literally come off, get off the couch and do something. Yeah. And that's just because I just feel like I just have it. Maybe I'm not going to like perform as well if I were trained, you know, like I mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. trained for it, but I'll be, I'll get up it. But yeah. So we, she and I did North Red and it was so fun. Like, and then it, it, she, it started, uh, like the Alpine weather came in, like almost to our camp. So like maybe 30 minutes away from camp. So it's like brothel was coming from the sky. It was like dipping dots and, uh, it's like snowing pretty much. And she's like, is this an epic? And I'm like, no, an epic is like, so I'm like, so I'm you'll like, know. This is you'll know. Yeah, I was like, you'll know when that's epic. I promise you. And oh, so, that's awesome. Today's sticker is brought to you by Lays Designed. L E Y S. Lays Design makes hilarious climbing illustrations and stickers. Check out her Instagram or her Etsy shop. After you've chosen what will help you step up your water bottle game, use the promo code Sense and Suffers for free shipping. Definitely support the artists that support this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. All right, guys, I want to take a moment to tell you about a company that has supported me since day one, Beyond Clothing. They make clothing and systems designed for anywhere in the world, and I do mean anywhere in this beautiful globe that we live in. Their clothing is designed for men and women, and I encourage you to go to Beyond Clothing and check them out. Use the promo code ALWAYSREADY, save yourself a little bit of coin, and the rest of the proceeds definitely go out to helping this podcast. But I cannot tell you what makes their clothing so good. You have real people supporting you. Small business giving you an impeccable big business product. So take a moment to go to Beyond Clothing. It'll get you beyond any endeavor. Such a great job. And I just had a shout out to her because she's just crazy inspiring to me. And I think the world of her and I'm excited for more adventures with her. So, yeah. I'm really excited you brought up something because I know, you know, you, hearing you talk about your experience with your clients makes me think about my experiences with mine. And, you know, this podcast is called Sends and Suffers. And so kind of getting into one of the suffers that I struggle with working with clients is I can't tell you how many clients like get so obsessed with like the route itself and they know everything about the route and they know everything they need to do. But then, you know, and I'm, and if I'm not going with them, I always ask them this question and they're like, I'll figure it out when I get there. I'm like, all right, so cool. You send the route. Right, how are you going to get down? And they're yeah. like, like, I don't know. I'll just figure it out. I'm like, well, is it a walk off or do you have to wrap? And they're like, wait a minute, what's the difference? And I'm like, there's a huge difference if you don't know. <laughs> and so, and then yeah. they're like, and I'm like, well, what, where's the point of no return? Like what pitch is the point where like, okay, if we're, we go past this part, like everybody has to agree, like the easiest way to get off this mountain is up. 
And they all look at me like deer in the headlights. And I really love that you took the time to like instill that kind of concept into your clients because I think a lot of people put so much work into training, so much work into reading the beta, knowing the topo, knowing everything, but they forget that one little part. And the whole thing about rock climbing, you know, and I think I forget exactly what it's called, but like, you know, you can say a route is a single day climb, a multi-day climb. Mm -hmm. uh, It's like five, one or two or whatever. I forget how, whatever it's called. But the point is, is Mm -hmm. that is measured from car to car or camp to camp. Like, and I don't think people think about that. Like when you think of a climbing trip, you're supposed to think about it. All right. The moment I leave my car, I should get back to my car at this point in time. And in order to think about that, you got to think about how you're trying to get off the mountain. Yeah. You're talking about grading, like, of like, yeah. So like grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four, grade five. Yeah. Just escape. Yeah. 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 Grade five. So it's like, yeah. So I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you got to instill it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to jump into June. Uh, because, you know, let's just go ahead. I'm going to shamelessly plug Black Lives Matter because that matters to me. And I saw that yeah. it matters to you. In June, yeah. there was a protest uh, in Bishop, I'm assuming. I looked in your yeah. Instagram feed. Can you tell me a little about, like, what happened? How was that? And honestly, what is the diversity demographic in Bishop? I don't imagine it's very high. So Yeah, yeah. Um, so, actually, this um, gentleman, Luke um, Kenny, who is an amazing human, organized it. Well, there were threats to businesses um, happening, and he ended up calling it off. But guess what? Who showed up for this rally? All the high school students did it. All the freaking Hell high school the, students yes. showed fucking up for Black Lives Matter. Generation um, Z, Generation and it was, Alpha. Yeah, it was freaking amazing. So I'm like, I guess it got canceled. I'm driving to the grocery store. I see everyone protesting. I freaking pull off. And I'm like right there with everybody, you know, and it was so powerful. You know, we saw some other humans, like a white woman was just cursing out the high school students and, you know, saying Trump and oh God, shut up woman. So I ended up, no. um, me and this other guy, no violence happening awesome. between those two. So I like stepped inside, like stepped in front of uh, her and, you know, in between her and the high school students, I was like, hey, you do like continue doing what you're doing because you're doing what you need to do here. This is like a protest. Like, we'll handle this, you know? Yeah. So, like, we got the women to go on the other side. So it, was rad. it was rad. But I was so proud of the community. He showed up. There was tons, and they had the rally was going like twice a day. Okay. So, and it was like all day, and then they would take a break and they would come back, and it was just beautiful. So, what the demographic is, is a lot of, you know, ranchers, right? So, white mm-hmm. men and then Native Americans. Um, who are the Paiutes, and they're amazing. It was great to see the Native American population come out as well for That's Black awesome. Lives Matter. And the thing is, I have to always check myself and know what land I'm standing on because it's not mine, it's the Paiutes. They deserve their rights and their water rights, their land rights, and to get the names of like John Muir, like he was, if you look back at his, on his history, it's not good. And to name a trail after someone who took land away and, you know, was not deserving of that um, and name that trail after him, like it needs to be pulled away. Like it needs to go back to the native native. And so I think there's a big transition right there of renaming like roots, renaming um, some of these trails that were (laughs) named after a white man that didn't do shit for the land. He just took it, you know, and just, so it, it, just showing that the, the community is all for each other and they, you know, all these kids 
showed up. All, you know, natives showed up, white people showed up. We're all in it together, you know, and it was just such a powerful movement. And I, I'll go to every single one that I can that comes back up. You know, there was one lady who was like, you know, I've been fighting this since, since my generation, nothing has changed. And now we're here again. And me and her were talking and she's like, you know, you as a woman, like you have struggles too, but like, you'll never have to deal with anything other than that. Like your skin color is going to still keep you privileged. I was like, right. And so it was so, it was good that like white people showed up for um, POC because the thing is like, like nobody wants to be, I don't see like any race trying to be above each other. (laughs) Everybody wants to be equal. Everyone wants rights. It's not like a freaking piece piece of pie that everyone gets a little slither. That's Mm -hmm. not how this is going to work. You know? So as much as I can contribute, I'm going to do that, you know, and really check myself and unlearn and relearn. Like right now I'm reading white rage because it's something I have to do for myself. And like looking at documentaries, looking at, um, how, how I was racist and prejudiced against other races because I grew up in a different world and that doesn't give me any excuse. It's just now I have to unlearn that shit and relearn what's true. And I'm not, I'm doing my own research and learning black history and learning native history because it's like my education system has like failed me, you know, like in Texas, they don't, they give you different books, you know, like they don't give you the right information because they want to keep, the white on top. Yeah, so no. I, I know I'm, exactly what you mean. Yeah. Right. So I am like here to like, um, be very aware of my old habits and to continue to, um, squash the shit that I used to think and rethink things. So it was very powerful. These kids came out to that movement cause it was an eye opening for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm originally from Northern Virginia area and I remember coming down and I got my first chance to look at a Texas history book and I'll never forget I'm like mm-hmm. y'all learn some real different stuff first oh, yeah. off and it was very interesting so yeah I definitely can speak to what you're saying like it's you do regardless of who you are and you know I have been personally calling all of this thing like I'm a military brat so I've traveled around a lot I've never actually had a chance to yeah. like, until Texas live in a community for a very long time but I consider this the black renaissance and people are mm-hmm. rediscovering and discovering things that, you know, they need to know and the truth needs to come out about a lot of this. Uh, and thank you for sharing. I had no idea that most of the Sierras was Paiute land. Like, I didn't know that. But I mm-hmm. want to I I ask you about that a little later. Uh, but I would like to jump to the route uh, that you were going to do in Alaska was the Harvard route. Was that in training for what you wanted to do in India? Or is that still on the list to do? Um, so it was it was just a training thing and it was always a dream of mine to do the Harvard route. And then, um, cause I, okay. So I was psyched. I was at the level to where I never thought I'd be like, I'm sure I'd been gripped on it, but I would have been able to send it like send it. Cause I mix climb, mm-hmm. I ice climb, I rock climb and I've done steep, you know, steep snow. And I know that this would have been a big objective, but not out of my realm because I had, trained for each of those things for seven or eight years. Like I finally was like, I could do this. I know I can do that. Yeah. So it was just in training for, yes, for alpinism for India okay. and also a personal goal. But then uh, Nicole and I were going to also um, do some other stuff like Naruth and like climb some rock routes and maybe like develop if we could. Yeah. So 
it was just a personal goal and just for fitness. Okay, perfect. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, because I know you have mentioned like this has been the year of kind of like acquiring the skills and acquiring the sets you need to get your IFMGA. Uh, yeah. Kind of jumping down. Now, in Google searching you, I have no idea if you want to bring this up, but in Google searching you, I thought it was awesome that you were on the Titan, uh, hosted <laughs> by The Rock. I was just like, what? Yeah. And so how was that experience? And yeah, what was your thoughts of that? And how did that affect your training? Like, did it inspire you? Like, what did that whole experience do for you when you were done with it? Because that was recent, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in February. Okay, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> I'm giggling because it's so funny. Okay, I'm a human that will say, like, I'm like probably your favorite partner because I'll be like, sure, I'll do it. Sure, I'll do it. Sure, I'll go. You know, like I always say, yeah. So I'm in China and I'm on a rest day and I get this email and it's like, it's actually, she misspelled some words and the sentence was kind of messed up. So I was like, is this fake? She's like, do you want to be on the Titan Games? And I was like, huh. So I respond back thinking it's probably spam or something. And she's like, we want to set up an interview. And I'm like, oh my God. So I like look at my friend Gar and I'm like, should I do it? He's like, fuck it, do it. And I was like, yeah. all right. So, and so I ended up getting service that day because it's kind of spotty, the Wi-Fi there. And uh, so as I'm in Laning, um, I get on a Zoom call with two people and they're like, yeah, so we're going to we're going to make a tryout video for you. I was like, sure, they'll find you because they do like 50 50, like they'll have like applicants and then they'll go and find some people they want on the show. So sense. they like found me. And I was like, how did you find me? And like, oh, we put rock climber in. I was like, you found me. <laughs> I just kind of started laughing. And I was like, oh, okay. So you have to go to this combine thing where you try out. So they have all these like obstacles. And like, I'm like this little thing who's like, has no makeup on. I like have holes in all my stuff. And all these people are gorgeous. I swear to you, every single one of them should be on a show because they're amazing first off. And it's beautiful. So I just like look like a little redhead who doesn't really fit in. I'm not really talking. I'm just like um, mesmerized by the whole scenario. And they're all CrossFit. Okay. Yeah, Some I, of them. That seems like, like that world. Oh, yeah. And they're amazing. I swear the CrossFit community is like a whole nother animal that like they're so amazing to each other. Like it's a family. It's really rad. So I got to come tap into this other culture that I never thought I'd be like, you know, interested in well there's this guy named matt chan who's there and he like has his own weight for rogue okay he's like one of my favorite humans so he was like kind of like get to know some of these people and i'm just like kind of sitting there they're like so are, who are you and i was like i'm just uh lindsey ham <laughs> you're just dry out and like how do they find you i was like i don't know and like so what do you do i'm like oh i'm a mountain guide and they're all like oh okay and then apparently i'm like the most <laughs> he like said on the recording i'm the best climber in the world which you know that's debatable. I'm just kidding. So no, anyways, no, own it. Own um, it. Go ahead. Take it. Own it. Own it. So they, um, so it's a combine, like you do all these obstacles and like one of them's like a deadlift. So I PR'd that day. I hadn't deadlift since like freaking May and it's, um, it's December when I go and try out and I, two, I did 282 off the couch, Damn. which I was pretty psyched about. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, I'm burly. And then you have to do like a hanging, like it's a hang. Um, and then you have to do this like, max like so you run as fast as you can so i got to like mm -hmm. 12 minutes at like 10 miles an hour or whatever it is and so did that and then you do an obstacle course and i actually did really well 
And I think that I was kind of surprising people because I just like, just, I did like two or 300 push ups in three minutes. I didn't do 300. I got 200 and something. Like I was right next to this military dude and I just kept with him the entire time. And he was like, holy shit, I thought you were going to stop. I was like, I wasn't stopping unless you were stopping. So I was just like on it. And so I did a shitload of things that day that I never thought I could do. And everybody's like, has been like, all these people do competitions, right? I haven't done a competition since like competitive cheerleading in high school. So like, I have not done any of this stuff. So anyways, I get, I get to be on the show. So then they fly me out to Atlanta, Georgia for like three weeks, put me in the hotel. One thing I have to say, every freaking person on the show is amazing. Every person is amazing. I have gained so many new friends and I've gained so much new knowledge on like sports and competition and just dedication to fitness. And it was just, I, I mean, I talk to these people like all the time. I, I won regardless of like the outcome, like I won. And, um, so it was a great experience. It was yeah. also a hard one because they don't like, you're kind of like sitting in this holding cell pretty much. And like, you're like just tired. And then they're like, you do a lot of filming. So you go run out and you're like, thinking you're about to like do the comp and they're like, all right, do it again. Like you're like your adrenaline. Like I felt like I was skydiving again because yeah. I have my skydive license. Oh, I did. I and that. like, Oh yeah, I have that too. Um, so they, uh, <laughs> I just felt like my adrenaline was rushing so much, but you know, it was, it's a TV show. Wrap it up to that. I'm not going to say too much, but it's a TV show. Okay. So there, there's, there's things that were kind of pissed me off, but I'm like, okay, Lindsay, this is still a TV show. I met the Dwayne Johnson for about two seconds and that was it. And, uh, he seems cool. He's very tall. He's giant. And, um, but the, it was kind of, my big thing was like, I got to be like, uh, fully out of my comfort zone, tried something totally different out of like what I would normally do in my life. And it was like, you know, in the end, I, you know, got, I hope that I inspired like people. I've gotten a lot of messages from people like, I guess, cause I, people called me fat on the internet, um, and said I was a heavier set girl. And I'm like, bitch, I am like early like it's not a heavy set i weigh like 147 of muscle okay so like maybe in that video because i was like maybe 10 pounds heavier and you know not every not every year i'm gonna be like my fit fit size like you just kind of go through ups and downs you know and so um yeah but everyone's like hey like i'm just so happy like you weren't you crushed and you weren't like the tiny tiny one i was like nah dude you don't need like as long as you feel good you're mentally strong you can you can win Right. So it was like, I was really happy to like help others know that like, just because I don't have full abs doesn't mean I can't win a competition, mm. you know, like I'll grow those later. I've yeah. got a couple more months, you know, yeah, those, that's, <laughs> that's a misconception. Yeah. That's a misconception. People think you have to like, people think that having rippling abs proves that you're strong. That just shows that you have low body yeah. fat. Like that's not the issue. Yeah. It doesn't mean like, you can I actually eat, do work. Yeah. Like you eat, you're freaking from Texas. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm all about food. So yeah, it's like, it's all moderation. And you have to think like some of those people I was going against were elite. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, elite athletes. One of them was an Olympian. She's my favorite, Shantae. She's like my favorite girl. Like I like love Shantae. Like I talk to her every, so like every other week. I'm like, I miss you. So she's moving to Las Vegas. And I'm so psyched right now because I just connected with her. Like there was like, a nice. couple girls that like I really connected with and um, a lot of the dudes as well. We went to the, um, we went to uh, a drag brunch show and it was so fun. And I had it 
spoken the entire time. Like I was like really shy. You might cut this out, but this is a great story. So I, um, the drag show was going on and um, one of them was like, so who's a slut in here? And I just go, I'm a slut. (laughs) After that, everyone likes me. (laughs) They will only, they will always remember me as the girl who finally spoke as like, I'm a slut. Like it was, it just was so funny because like I was so uncomfortable and like I was like all these people like know each other because they're all in the CrossFit world and some of them were like world champions. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just didn't have the connection, but like, man, did I grow new friendships, you know? And I like saw some, I like, I competed literally like the fence one that you see me on. I literally blacked out in that. I don't, I was like at the finish line. I was like, oh, 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 oh. and like, I was like, I'm done. And then it was, it was rad, you know? And um, awesome. Jamara is amazing. Like, she's such a good competitor. She's super strong. So yeah, it was, it was a great, it was a great experience. I mean, it had ups and downs, like, um, certain things were breaking um like the optical course and one person like ripped a bicep and i like looked at margo oh. like you can have this like you can have this competition on the mount olympus because i didn't try at all because i was so terrified dude that i was gonna like tear something and then i was out of my season like my, yeah, my no, your priorities line up real quick yeah so i was like no freaking way you can have this so i just barely tried i was like you can whatever even though i think she could, like i could have been neck and neck with her i like did just didn't care at all yeah, fair enough. That makes sense. That's how I feel about mountain biking. A bunch of my friends are trying to get me to mountain bike, and they're You're all like, like no. "You should do it." And I'm like, "Yeah, but like, like if I crash, break my collarbone, or do anything like that, like I'm out of climbing, and that's like just not worth it to me. Ultimately, yeah, just, I'm not okay with yeah, that. Yeah, our bodies, our bodies are our job. Yeah, you know, amen to that. Like, I'm not doing that. No, 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 no. So it was cool. So if you ever anybody out there that wants to try one of those games, it's actually pretty fun. You meet some really rad people you'll come out of it as a winner regardless. So it's a great experience. And I think this episode is real cool because we necessarily haven't really got into like, what is your send and what is your supper? Because you know, this Mm -hmm. is my show, so I can do whatever the hell I want. And so, (laughs) Uh, but I think it's really nice to hear about, you've kind of done a really good job about talking about the highs and the lows of each part, but showing how they really are accessible for anyone who really wants to do it. A girl from Texas can do it. And I think you're Mm -hmm. really showing people like, listen, if you have this dream, if you have this desire, like, that's something you want to do. And that's really inspiring. And I'm, I'm psyched on that. Yeah. I have one more question for you. Mm-hmm. How are the new culinary skills coming along? Uh, are you still able to do that? Cause I, you had mentioned baking and cooking in the podcast beyond the rock. And I was just wondering if you still yeah. haven't had a chance to dive into those. You were pretty excited about it. Um, no, um, because like, okay, I was making pastries like every day. So I kind of had to cut those out because I went into a training cycle and, um, I do love to cook chicken. So I, I do cook the chicken a lot. So that's like my, I just try to make new, like, um, a new little rub for it. So (laughs) I've been doing that more often, but my baking skills like have tapered off due to the fact that I was eating too many pies and too many pastries, but they were bitching. They're great for the same. They, they, it was great. It was um, one of my favorite months because months because I was at my friend Lisa P's house and she was in France and I was like watching her house for her during COVID and I was just like she has the best kitchen. She had everything, so I was just cooking away. And then one time I was learning how to make homemade um, tortillas, and I didn't know you could just get um, maza or is it maza or maza. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name, but, and you just add water. I was making these tapioca gluten-free 
tortillas that was like you would come in and I have like the whole house like the whole kitchen is like floured up and I'm just like at it from like 6 a.m. till 10 p.m. trying so many times to get this flour tortilla to work yeah I just like totally like failed but one day I'll go back and I'll try again but uh I I took a pause (laughs) so it was a good time but yeah, I, I did a lot of artwork when I was in COVID. So that was, that was a cool thing. So. Oh, nice. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. So you definitely had a chance to at least learn some new skills, dive into some new things. Yeah. So uh, one thing new I'm trying to do at the end of this show is I want to give you an opportunity to, which I kind of feel like you already did it. You kind of inspired people and that. I mean, you inspired me and you gave me some pretty compliments, so I'm, I'm happy. But, yeah. um, you know, is there anything you want to say? Anything, shout outs, any kind of plugs you want to give? Uh, to support yourself and what you're doing and or anyone else. It's, this is kind of your time. For sure. Um, well, of course, I'll support myself. Like any um, men, women, any every human, that means like I just don't want white people around me. I want people of color to feel very safe. I want everyone to know that like I will create a safe space for you to learn. So please, if you ever have any questions about climbing or need some stoke, give me a shout. I will send you love the entire way and know that I have your back. So that's the big thing. I want to inspire every community that um, has a hard time um, getting into climbing. Well, I would love to help out in any way that if you need any data or any instruction, please give me a shout. I'm here for you because I'm a really good resource. um, And I will always be there to genuinely help you out. Um, second, I want to help out my girl, uh, Perma Gumby, Zoe Rayer. You're a freaking badass. I love her so much. She's going out of business and I want everyone to buy her tights because she, like, I just bought like three pairs of her tights and they're amazing. She has the coolest colors. I'm hoping she bounces back and comes back to bring this store back alive because it is, she is so talented with her artwork and the, I think they're just inspiring and alone. It's like, you have this amazing woman who has this business. I don't know, like every time I wear them, people are like, where did you get this? I'm like, Perma Gumby, she's amazing. Help her out. So I just want everyone to, to go to her um, Instagram page. It's Perma Gumby. She's a, she has some great, she has some great tights. She has other shirts. She has a bunch of different outfits. And then she also has just a great page to follow on her Instagram. Oh, hell yeah. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, you guys can find us mariostanley.com or you can also go to sensandsuffers.com. But reg- regardless, if you want to find us, do the work, you'll get there. Uh, other than that, thank you guys for listening. I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. It means a lot to me. Um, I would love some feedback. If you guys have an opportunity, take a moment. Give me a little clickety click, click, click of your keyboards and let me know that uh, you like the show, what you don't like, what you do like. I am working on getting my audio better. I'm learning every day. And that is the joy and the fun part about this. And if you guys want to hear anything, I do want to announce that I am getting ready to do a new segment next month in September. I will be recording our first Whiskey and Wisdom. Yes, that is exactly what it sounds like. I'm going to be getting some whiskey. I'm going to get a little twisted, not too twisted, and then I'm going to let you guys know what I think. Hopefully, you guys will tune into this episode because my goal is to spit some wisdom that I've learned over the years of climbing, running a guiding business, 
and all around just being me in this climbing ethos and what tips and tricks and skills that I have learned on and off the wall that are good for you. I'll also be answering any questions. So if you guys have any questions, please shoot me an email to sendsandsuffers at gmail.com or hit me up on the Instagram, sendsandsuffers, just send me a DM and I will be going through every question. I'll consolidate them all if need be. I look forward to seeing you guys' questions and yeah, just stay awesome.